أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا أقسم بيوم القيامة ولا أقسم بالنفس اللوامة أيحسب الإنسان أن لن نجمع عظامة بلا قادرين على أن نسوي بنانة بل يريد الإنسان ليفجر أمامة يسأل أيان يوم القيامة رب الشح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل اللقطة من لساني يفقه قولي أمين يا رب العالمين ثم أما بعد Alhamdulillah we're starting Surah Al-Qiyamah now Surah number 75 One of my favorite surahs in the Quran Especially the beginning of the surah Because it has some of the uh, very heavy philosophical teachings of our religion uh, In regards to the afterlife And what the belief in the afterlife for Muslims is based on uh, the, the disbelievers in Islam, when they first came into, uh, you know, came to experience what the Prophet had to say, them, they had different theories about the afterlife. I mean, philosophies about that existed among the Arabs in their poetry, in their songs and things like that. They had different religious traditions. So you might come back, you know, reincarnation was there. No, you're not going to come back to life was there. Or we're all going to go to heaven. All these different ideas floated around. And, and today also you have different kinds of ideas about the afterlife. There are even shows that are dedicated to ghosts that are haunting houses with radioactive equipment that the needle goes up and down because the ghost just went through the kitchen or something or whatever. And they, people still believe in this stuff, right? All these theories about what's going to happen after we die. Now... The Qur'an's first response to all of those theories is la. The word la here is not part of the sentence. It's actually a, an exclamation, if you will. La to all these false ideas. And then uqsimu. Just, it's like silence. All these ideas are being thrown around. And the Qur'an says silence. Uqsimu bi yawm al-qiyamah. I swear by the day of resurrection. Uqsimu bi yawm al-qiyamah. I am taking a testimony, and the uqsimu can go to Allah Azza wa Jal, but it can also go to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That he's being told, go into the crowd and say, La, no, you're all wrong. I swear by the day of resurrection. By the Messenger swearing Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the day of resurrection, he's making himself a part of the conversation. My integrity, my character, the Prophet is saying basically, my, uh, um, or he's being told to say rather, his, his character is in and of itself a proof that what he's going to say has more weight, has more purpose than what anybody else has to say. And then he's going to bring as evidence certain things. So the first evidence for the Qiyamah is the integrity of the Prophet himself, because he's the one swearing. The second, وَلَا أُقْسِمُ بِنَفْسِ اللَّوَّامَةِ And I swear by the, the self that feels guilty continuously. Lawm means blame. Lawam is the ism mubalagha of lawm. Lama yalumu lawman fahuwa laim. Laim is the ism fa'il. Lawam is the ism mubalagha. Continuously blames. The nafsul lawama means the nafs that keeps on blaming and keeps on blaming and keeps on blaming. You do something wrong and you feel guilty inside. That guilt is a nafsul lawama and it's brought into the conversation about the day of resurrection. Why? Because that guilt inside of us is actually proof of judgment day. How so? Allah, Allah Azza wa Jalla is telling us inside our conscience there's a proof for judgment day. Because our guilt is basically like an internal moral alarm system. You trip the alarm and it goes off. You do something wrong and that alarm, which we call guilt, goes off. And when it goes off, you feel like this is bad. You know, there should be some consequence of this. The ultimate consequence for all bad deeds happens when? 
Judgment Day, and an alarm for every little deed that will count on that day goes off inside of you, it's called guilt. That guilt itself is Allah's way of reminding you that yeah, you didn't get in trouble, but you still feel bad, right? You feel bad because you know what's coming. Subconsciously, even we're programmed with guilt. And guilt, subhanAllah, is such a powerful uh, human emotion, and it's not taught. You can't learn guilt. You can't teach a child to be guilty. You know, it's not like some societies have guilt and other societies don't have it. it is a human, it's, an, it's a human emotion that is universal. And it's also a human emotion that can be killed. It can be removed, it can be taken out of your psyche. You do enough crimes, what happens? You start feeling, you stop feeling bad. You get desensitized. That nafsul lawwaba just becomes a nafsul ammara. It just tells you what to do and you don't think twice about what you have to do, just do it. You feel no guilt about it. You don't feel dirty inside. You don't feel regret. Not all of that remorse is gone. So the, the, the feeling of guilt, well, this is one of the, you know, all emotions that Allah Azza wa Jal put inside the human being, fear, anger, anxiety, you know, guilt, all of these emotions, they have their place in making us healthy, functioning human beings. Even the negative ones, they have a place. If there was no fear, we wouldn't fear the akhirah. This wouldn't be the case. If there was no sadness, we wouldn't feel the pain of other human beings. We wouldn't be merciful towards them because we can't feel sad. You know, we're not capable of it. Every negative emotion also has some benefit. Fear, without, you know, fear, sadness, guilt. Guilt can, you know, somebody, some people kill themselves out of guilt. Soldiers come back after they've done heinous crimes in whatever countries and they end up shooting themselves. They end up, you know, overdosing on drugs because of over, you know, guilt that eats away at them. Musa salam accidentally killed a person. What did he feel? He felt guilt. But guilt is actually supposed to transform into something healthy. It's supposed to transform into something healthy. And let me explain how that works. You guys, you know, you, you take an exam. Two students take the same exam. One of them gets a 50, the other one gets a 50. They both fail the test. One of them is sitting in his desk crying. Tears coming down his eyes. He's so bad, mad at himself. He's feeling so guilty. How did I, why did I not study? Why did I waste my time? Why didn't I do my homework? Etc, etc. Don't look at me. I'm not pointing at you. Whoever you are. Now you're smiling. No, all of you are smiling. I'm messing with you. <laughs> the other student gets a 50, sheds a tear, wipes them, and comes over and says, Ustad, I need you to give me four more tests like this. I'm not going to stop until I get this right. I need to make this wrong right. They both feel guilty. But one takes his negative emotion and it paralyzes him. And the other takes his negative emotion and it drives him to perfect himself, to better himself, to never make that mistake again. They're not the same. They're not the same. And Allah expects one as opposed to the other. Musa alayhi salam killed someone. That depression alone can kill you. Just the grief could kill you. But Musa salam understands that I have to learn from my mistake and move on with life. So what does he tell Allah? Any good thing you can send my way, I'll take it. And I'm, I'm so desperate now to do good deeds more than I've ever been before because I know there's a guilt behind me. And to compensate for that crime, I will go out of my way to take any opportunity to do good deeds. That's one of the meanings of that dua. You know? That's a nafsul lawama, the, the self that keeps on blaming, what have you done, what have you done, what have you done? That conscience that keeps poking and pricking. And you know, feeling bad and feeling guilty is not a fun emotion. It's not a good emotion. It's not, it doesn't, it's not an enjoyable thing. So what do most people do? They bury their guilt. 
They compensate it. They rationalize their behavior. They say, no, no, no. Yes, I said something wrong, but you said it first. Or this happened first. Or it was because of this. And there's always a line of reasons to cover your guilt. But Allah says, if you're true to yourself, then you will acknowledge the real guilt you have and do something right about it instead of covering it up. And then, now if, when those two things are there inside the human conscience, first of all, character, and second of all, the, the, the lawama, then understanding that a day is coming when all of our deeds will be brought before us, and all of that guilt that was poking us and saying, hey, you better do a good deed to compensate for this bad deed, so you don't get in really serious trouble one day, all of that that was happening inside of our souls, that'll all pan out. Then it makes total sense. But if someone has no guilt left inside of them, what akhirah? What are you talking about, Yawul Qiyamah? What, what judgment day? Ayahsabul insan Allah najma'a Has the human being assumed that we're not going to be gathering his bones? You know why I love these ayat? Because these are the ayat that teach us that our deen is not just a computation of, you know, here's the proof and therefore you believe in Allah. And it's just total just logic and rationale and that's it. It's not just that. Human beings were created far more advanced than just pure you know, ABC and rationale. There is, a, there is a lot of rationality in our religion. It is. There's a lot of common sense in our religion, a lot of thought in our religion. But Allah knows who He created. He created a human being that has emotions, a human being that has a psychology, a fe- a feelings, that cannot be computed. You can't put them in an equation. You can't compute guilt. You can't do that. So there are some aspects to a human being coming to guidance that are internal. And Allah makes them a proof. And that's not a proof you can use against somebody else in a philosophical debate. That's a proof for you inside you that this is truth. That it's just inside you that Allah put that there. SubhanAllah. So, insanu najma'a Has the human being assumed, made the assumption, calculation, that we're not going to be gathering his bones together? Bala. No, no, on the contrary. Qadirin. We have completely been capable. عَلَىٰ أَن نُسَوِّيَ بَنَانَهُ That we can put together and fashion and even out every single one of his fingertips. Forget, you know, when we die and, and our bones are decayed, رُفَاتًا وَعِذَامًا وَرُفَاتًا The Qur'an says, the, the critics said that it's going to be turned into bones and decayed dirt. It's going to be crumbled. You try to pick up the bone, it'll just collapse. That's going to be an old, you know, a skeleton. We're going to be raised again. Allah says, down to your last fingertip. I'll, I'll put you back together. By the way, the word banana comes from the word banan. No kidding. Seriously. The word banana, for bananas, the fruit, comes from the Arabic word banan, which means fingers. And it came from the, the, the Muslim world. And the, the, uh, the, the, the Englishmen, they saw the banana, the shape of the banana is shaped like what? The finger. It's like a long finger. So that's how it got coined in English. It's actually originated from Arabic. Anyhow, However, the human being, rather the case is that the human being intends. Yes, Sophia, they do look like bananas. You checked? Okay. Okay. However, the human being intends to continue to do whatever he wants in front of him. Fajara literally means explosion. Like infijar is explosion. Fajr is the explosion of light. Fajr time is the explosion of light. A fajr is someone who explodes, in other words, has no control over his whims. He just bursts into whatever behavior, whatever comes in his thought, comes out of his mouth. Whatever urge he has, he follows it. This is a fajr. Uncontrolled, outbursts. 
You know, that's the, the, the kind, that kind of sinner is called a fajr. لِيَفْجُرَ amamahu, The human being just wants to do whatever whim he has, whatever, whatever, whatever impulse he has, he wants to follow it right in front of him immediately. Human beings are just impulsive. That's why they don't want to think about yawmul qiyamah. Because guilt makes you say, don't do this. Guilt makes you say, don't do this. But a nafsul ammara makes you say, come on, do it now. Why are you waiting? Why wait? What's the point? Live, you know, live today. You don't know about tomorrow. You know? So this is liyafjura amama. Human beings actually what they want is they want to just explode and do sins that are right in front of them. Who, who cares about tomorrow? Yas'alu ayyana yawmul qiyamah. Parties right now. When is judgment day? When is the day of rising? What is that? I don't see that happening anytime soon. We got time. Don't worry about it. We're young right now. Why are you so stressed out about judgment day? And the earth coming to an end. Just chill out, man. This is exactly Allah painting the picture of the especially young person who's got the life in front of him or her, the party, the, 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 mode, the, the mode to do it is there, money is there, opportunity is there, freedom is there, you know, the, 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 um, you know, the overbearing control of parents isn't there, they're by themselves in the city of Irving, nobody knows what they do at night, nobody knows. There's no control, never, sense, never seen that kind of freedom before. And an impulse comes and they're just going to do whatever they do. Whatever comes in their heart. Unless, and then they, when somebody, the thought doesn't even come judgment day. Yeah, yeah, I know judgment day. But right now, this and then later istighfar. Tomorrow is Jummah. You know? And I will make it all up. Well, when? When is Yawm Al-Qiyamah coming? When? Come on. When is judgment? When is day of resurrection? If it's a genuine question, you don't say ayyana. What do you say? Mata. Mata. Mata, you know, there's a curiosity in it. There's an istifham, a genuine istifham. Ayyana is... A joke. Oh, come on, judgment. Really? really? Resurrection? You're worried about that? فَإِذَا بَرِقَ الْبَصَرُ When the eyes are twinkled, when they're flashed, you know, dahisha. And then, uh, you know, they, they say, فَزْعًا out of, out of fear, when the eyes are just like, <gasps> that eyes like bulging like that, that's bariqa. And from barq also, lightning. Lightning strikes and you're like, like that? When the eyes go that way, القمر, and the sun, or rather the moon, its light goes away, it goes dark. SubhanAllah, in the previous surah, what was the, one of the istidlal? The brightness of the moon in the middle of the night. Right? And then now the moon's going to go dark. القمر, and the sun and the moon are going to be smashed into one another. They're going to be made one. And the human being will say on that day, the outcry will be, where do I go? Where is the place to run off to? Where is the escape? Ayn al-mahrab, min al-adab. Kalla, no, 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 no. La wazar. There is absolutely no burden, meaning no place to go that can cover for you. La malja, wa la manja. Wazar actually, from, from wizard, wizard means barrier. Wazar is like, a, you know, a bunker? A bunker is basically barriers. From the attack. There's no place you'll find a barrier. There's nothing that's going to hold up. إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ يَوْمَئِذٍ Towards your master on that day, Al-Mustaqar is the place where you have to go and stand. Place where you have to remain. يُنَبَّأُ الْإِنسَانِ The human being is going to get interrogated. He's going to be, or rather, uh, informed thoroughly. 
يَوْمَئِذٍ on that day بِمَا قَدَّمَا وَأَخَّرَا Very powerful phrase. Previous surah said, لِمَنْ شَاءَ مِنْكُمْ أَنْ يَتَقَدَّمَا أَوْ يَتَأَخَّرَ Now Allah says, now that previous surah had the offer. Whoever of you wants, they can take a step forward. Whoever of you wants, they can stay back. Now Allah says, now the human being will be informed. What did he make a priority out of? And what did he put on the back burner? That's the translation I'll prefer here. بِمَا قَدَّمَا What did he give priority to? What took taqdeem for him? What was priority number one? What took precedence? وَمَا أَخَّرَ And what could wait? What were the things that you put on the back burner? The crime of the human being isn't necessarily that he doesn't do a good deed. The human being says, it can wait. I can do it later. The crime of the human being isn't necessarily that he doesn't leave sin. He says, I'll leave it later. Or, you know, let me do what I want right now. I'll do that later. I have time. Taqdeem and ta'khir, not the grammar one, the one for life. Human beings will be thoroughly informed. What were your priorities? What did you put ahead? What came first for you? What came later for you? Bima qaddama wa akhar. The other meaning of qaddama wa akhar in tafsir juz amma I mentioned also, qaddama also means what you've sent forward. You've done deeds, you've done works, and every one of them are waiting for you. Our deeds are waiting for us. Kullu nafsin bima kasabat. Rahina, you've sent collateral over. You've sent deeds over for processing. And you're going to meet those deeds on Judgment Day. I don't meet my deeds now, I just do them now. I will meet them then. وَوَجَدُوا مَا عَمِلُوا حَاضِرًا They're going to be standing face to face in front of their salats. If your salat was lousy, you'll be standing in front of a lousy salat, staring right at you. That's what it's going to be. If you were lying, cheating, backbiting... Angry, arrogant, condescending, whatever you were. Looking right at you in the face. And then you're going to say, Mali had al kitab. That's the reality of it. Bima qaddama wa akhar. What did he make a priority out of? What did he put on the back burner? This is one of those life transforming ayat. The human being will be thoroughly informed this was your priority. This is what you spent time on. This is what you did with your free time. This is what you thought can wait. You had all these dreams. I want to memorize the Quran. What did you do for it? How many seasons of how many TV shows did you watch instead? That was a priority for you. You wanted to memorize, but it can wait though, inshallah, one day, when my heart is purified, then I shall start. You know? بِمَا قَدَّمَ وَأَخَرَ بَلِ الْإِنسَانِ No, no. Yes, on that day the human being will be given thorough news, but it's not like the human being is blind now. Rather the case is that the human being, عَلَى نَفْسِهِ Against his own self, Basira is fully insightful. There is one person that knows so much about you and nobody else knows about you. And besides Allah, and that's you. You have an insight into who you are, what your flaws are, what your limitations are, what your capabilities are, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what opportunities you avail, what opportunities you get lazy about. You know that about yourself more than anybody else. And you and I decide to lie to ourselves. We just decide we're not going to have an honest conversation with ourselves, about ourselves, and about ourselves with Allah. We, just, we don't want to have that honest conversation. How many of us, you're driving by yourself, you just talk to Allah. You can talk in English, it's okay. One day in Arabic, inshallah. Talk in English, ya Allah, I've done some pretty messed up things. You know. Spell them out. Spell them out until you cry. Ya Allah, I want to change. I don't want to do that anymore. Help me change. I don't want to make excuses. I already learned al-ma'adhiru makathib. I don't want to be that person. That's, you know, 
you are in full view of yourself. You know exactly what you're capable of. And what we do as human beings, we put a front up. We put a facade up for other people. We put an image of ourselves up before others. Of course, I don't lay my sins out to you and you don't lay your sins out to me. And that's how we're supposed to operate. So we all have good opinion of each other. But you know what? You keep a front up for so long that you forget that there's another reality to you that's not the one that you present before the world. That's the one in the mirror. And you start faking. The fake you is what you see in the mirror. That's, you're supposed to see the real you in the mirror, not the fake one. You have to be honest to yourself. Take a good look at your own self. Even if he keeps throwing excuses, excuses, excuses. He's got a justification for pretty much everything he or she does. You can't point a finger at them at all. Allah is not, and by the way, that self-defense mechanism that all of us have, if you criticize me, I'll defend myself. Why'd you say that? Well, you know it's wrong, but... And then there's a paragraph. Why'd you do that? Yeah, I know I shouldn't do that, but... You should consider, and then paragraph. There's always a rationale. But you know what? Give your rationale to the judge. Give it to the cop. Give it to the teacher. Give it to your parents. Give it to the wife. Give it to the husband. Don't give it to yourself. To yourself, stop throwing excuses. Admit. First thing Adam was taught... Once he came to the, you know, to the earth, it's so powerful. First thing he was taught was admission. It's so powerful. Adam salam made an error. And Allah told him, I will send you guidance. When he comes to the earth, the first instruction to him, We wronged ourselves, admit it. Before Allah taught him to ask for forgiveness, before you ask for forgiveness, you got to admit. Otherwise, you, you're asking for forgiveness is empty, it's hollow. That's why really the khutbah from, from Arafat, Yawm al-Arafah, still rings in my head. أول شيء قاله الخطيب رحمه الله يرحمه الله وحفظه الله قال هذا اليوم ليس فقط يوم الدعاء فإنه يوم الاعتراف It's not just the day of dua, it's the day of admission. Admit yourself. اعترف من أنت Accept, admit who you are. You know, أمام الله عز وجل Admit who you are before Allah and then ask. So, ولو ألقى معذيرا Even if he keeps throwing all kinds of excuses. Now Allah turns his attention to the Prophet ﷺ. لا تحرك به لسانك لتعجل به Don't rush your tongue to acquire it quickly. Acquire what quickly? The Qur'an. The Prophet ﷺ would rehearse the Qur'an. He was getting so worried that now so much revelation is coming. I mean, you have to understand, it's 10 years, right? It's 10 years. But the man doesn't read or write. And two-thirds of the Qur'an starting to come in Mecca. So it's a lot of Qur'an coming. And which surah goes where? And which ayah goes in which surah? Because the whole surah doesn't come down at once. Surah Al-A'raf is coming, and Surah Al-An'am is coming, and they're both long surahs. But he has to know which ayah goes in which surah. And while at the same time Surah Al-Muzammil is being completed and you know, Surah Al-Ankabut started getting revealed and he knows, in his, he's all supposed to keep that track of that in his, in his chest. Where does which ayah go? So he's rehearsing and rehearsing and Allah says, you don't worry about that, don't rush your tongue. The question arises, why the change of subject? Allah was talking about a guilty human being. Why, and why immediately the Prophet is being told rushing? There's one connection that some ulama have made and that is that the human being rushes to sin. But the Prophet is rushing to good deeds. He's rushing to memorize 
Quran. But even rushing to good deeds can be harmful. Just don't rush in life. Take your time with things. Be patient with yourself. لا تحرك به لسانك لتعجل به To quickly acquire it. إن علينا جمعه وقرآنه No doubt we have taken upon ourselves its gathering. This is a long discussion which we don't have time for today. But this is one of the great ayat that show you know, the, the sequencing of the Qur'an, the 114 surahs and the order in which they are. This is one of the adilla in the Qur'an, proofs in the Qur'an, that it is, it is the order in which Allah intends it. Allah says, we have taken exclusively upon ourselves gathering it. وَقُرْآنَهُ And getting it recited. So the gathering of the Qur'an, which we historically say the Sahaba took the responsibility, Jam'ul Qur'an, right? And they had ijma' among themselves on the jama'. And then the mushaf was put together by Uthman radiallahu anhu. And all of that, that conversation... It is preceded by a divine plan which Allah revealed, which is inna alayna jama'ahu wa qur'anahu. What's the mubtada? Inna. What's the khabar? No. Two. That's mubtada. What's wrong with you? Look at inna. What's, what's ism inna? Jama'ahu wa qur'anahu. Istayqidhu ayyuha talamiz. Aarun alaykum. Shame on you. Shame, shame. Inna, haf nasib, jama'a, mansub. That's the mubtada. And then what's alayna? You can tell me this one. Mutalib al khabar, what? Yadullu ala what? What does it allude to? Not, not just tawkid. Al ikhtisas. Exclusivity. We have taken exclusively upon ourselves the responsibility of gathering it and having it recited. Whose responsibility is the gathering of the Qur'an that we have today? Who, what's Allah saying? Exclusively Himself. And recitation, Qur'an. They say Qur'an al-Kamil. Even classical mufassirun, Al-Qur'an al-Kamil, yani huna. He'll get the entire Qur'an recited. Qur'an, not just the masdar, yani qira'atahu. Qur'anahu bima'na, qira'atahu. Yeah, different qira'at also, as part of Qur'anahu. But the other thing is, when you recite something, like when you recite something from one end to the other, you can't change the order, it's set. If Allah says, I've taken the responsibility of having the entire Qur'an recited, it was fulfilled at the end of the Prophet's life, وسلم, when he recited the entire Mus'haf, Tanjil Jibreel, twice. And what order did he recite in? The one we have, because he took responsibility of gathering it in this way. إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا جَمْعَهُ وَقُرْآنَهُ فَإِذَا قَرَأْنَاهُ Then, when we read it unto you, meaning through the angel, فَاتَّبِعْ قُرْآنَهُ Then follow its recital. Follow along. Just you follow along, we'll make sure it stays in your heart. We'll, we'll take care of the memory problem. You take care of just reciting, following along. Then above and beyond that, it is our responsibility exclusively to make sure it's clearly understood. It's an interpretation, it's explanation. We've taken the responsibility that it'll be understood properly. Bayanahu. Bayanahu also some say tabiyinahu in the sense that even, you know, sometimes the book is preserved, but the way it's recited isn't preserved. And if the words are preserved, what the, what, what the words mean? And how the words are to be, will pronunciation affect the meaning? Oh my God, if it's Arabic, then, you know, one haraka is like, the world comes to an end. One haraka, one shadda. Everything changes. If, if you've learned nothing about Arabic, you've learned that. It's like a, a minefield of sensitivity. You don't step on the wrong haraka, because you can land yourself in a lot of trouble. Allah says He took the responsibility of maintaining its clarity. وَبَيَانَهُ What religion can say that after centuries and centuries and centuries, the book is as clear as it was before? 
it is understood the same way it was understood the, you know, by the, the people who came before it. So it is recited by the letter the same way. I mean, the, the ijazah system in tajweed alone is such a miraculous thing. To the, the preservation of how a letter should be pronounced. You don't say majraha, you say majreha. Down to the word. Don't do that here, do that there. Subhanallah. What other book, what other kalam has that? It has rules for how you're supposed to read it. There are no, you don't get a physics book and there's a science of pronunciation. You don't get any other text where there's a science of pronunciation. Yeah. Okay, that's a pretty cool example. لا يُنْبَذَنَّ لا يُنْبَذَنَّ فِي الْحُطَنَةِ Really? لا حول ولا قوة لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله Okay, I'm just kidding. كلا كلا No, no, no. Then he comes back to the, 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 the Quraysh. بَلْ تُحِبُّونَ الْعَاجِلَةِ You people love to rush. All of you people. The Prophet is rushing to memorize Qur'an, but you people love to rush to get to the things you want. These petty, you know, petty temptations of yours. وَتَذَرُونَ الْآخِرَةِ And you cast away the Akhirah. You leave it behind. This is afterthought for you. Some faces on that day are going to be lit up. This is wujuhun nakira, Even though it's a muptada of a sentence, which is not the norm, which is to, to magnify these faces. Look at these faces. There are some faces, some special faces on that day. They're going to be lit up. They're going to be, you know, hasana, mushriqa. They're going to be lit up. Ila rabbiha nadira. Allahumma ja'alna minhum. They're going to be looking towards their, their master, staring towards him. Nadira. Nadira, yani an yara shay'an, an yumsira shay'an li mudda. Nadira. To stare at something. To not take your eyes off of something. This is nadira. You know? They're going to be staring at Allah azza wa and there are faces on that day that are going to be just covered in sadness, extreme sadness. Shadidatul kuluha wal These faces are going to be so extreme in their, you know, their, their gloominess and their sadness. They're going to be convinced that any moment now, a great catastrophe is about to fall upon them. Faqirah. A great catastrophe is going to fall upon them. You know somebody like in the dark and they hear a loud sound and they don't know where it's coming from and it's going to attack them and they don't know where, they're just like in that terror. That's the look they have. Okay, so that's judgment day. But let's talk about how you get there. They say there's a, some, some attributed to the Prophet ﷺ, others attributed to Sahaba, but it's a very common phrase in Arabic. They say, Man mata faqad qamat qiyamatuhu. Whoever dies, his qiyamah has begun. Surah Al-Qiyamah ends with, when does your qiyamah begin? When does my qiyamah begin? It began with Yawm Al-Qiyamah. But our qiyamah, well, qiyamah comes from the word qiyam. Qama yaqoomu. What does qama yaqoomu mean? Ah, our qiyamah begins when we can't stand anymore. Our qiyamah begins when we lie down. Subhanallah. Our standing begins when we no longer stand. The irony of it. Allah says, no, no, no. إِذَا بَلَغَتِ التَّرَاقِي When it, meaning the nafs, the ruh, it reaches the hayat, life, it reaches the end tip, the top of the chest. It gets over here. You can feel it leaving. The train is leaving the station. وَقِيلَ And then it is shouted, مَنْ Any doctor out there, any physician, 
Anybody. And qila. Lam yaqul qala. Qal qila. It is said. It's not just said by that guy. His cousin, his mother, his daughter, his son, his, you know, his wife. Everybody screaming, doctor, doctor, doctor. Qila. It is said. Everybody saying it. Where are they? Where are they? Get the nurse. You know? You know the word ruqya? It comes from raq. Raqin. Man raq. Man yudawihi wa yunjihi min al Who's going to give him medicine? Who's going to do ruqya on him? Who's going to protect him? Heal him? Wa dhanna. And he came to realize. It settled in on him. Annahu al-firaq. It's time to part. He's looking around at his family. Everybody else is crying and screaming. Get the doctor, get the doctor. And he realizes this is the last time he's seeing them. It's time to go. He realizes also, he's looking at his body and he's saying, it's time to part my body. This is no longer mine. My soul is going to be taken out of here. The time to depart has come. أَنَّهُ الْفِرَاقِ وَالْتَفَّتِ السَّاقُ بِالسَّاقِ It's such a heavy word. إِلْتَفَّتِ السَّاقُ بِالسَّاقِ is used in Arabic poetry for a camel when it's walking in the desert and it hasn't had water for a long time. You know it has a big reservoir, right? The camel has a big reservoir of water, but even that runs out. And the camel is just walking and it's just, every step is like it can't take any more steps until its legs, which are very long, get intertwined into each other and it tips over. The last steps a camel takes before its legs lock up into each other and it tips over, they call that iltaffat isaqu bisaq. The heel and the leg, it just wrapped up around the other. So the guy is standing and his legs kind of lock into each other and he just, Heart attack, he's gone. Then the other meaning of iltafat is he's lying in bed. The soul is reached over here. People are crying all around him. And in the pain, you know when in pain the patient, he rubs his legs together? He's, you see him like rubbing his feet together, one over the other, because he can't just lie still. This is iltafat is Ila rabbik. On that, to your master alone, yawma idhin, on that day, al-masaq. You know, remember the story of Umar radiallahu anhu and Uthman, yasuqu amamahu jamalain, what did saqa yasuqu mean? To herd, right? To steer. What's the ism var from saqa yasuqu? Masaq. The place you'll be steered to. The, the soul isn't just leaving and just flying on its own, it is being steered. It's being steered to the place where it's supposed to get steered to towards Allah. فَلَا صَدَّقَ Now that he's gone, Allah comments about what he was when he was still in his body. فَلَا صَدَّقَ He didn't confirm the truth. وَلَا صَلَّى And he didn't pray. If you say, it's, this, is, if you say this wow is عَطَفْ bayan, which some have said, that this wow is not harf عَطَفْ, it's عَطَفْ bayan. فَلَا صَدَّقَ وَلَا يَعْنِي لَا صَلَّى He didn't confirm the truth. And the proof of that is, he didn't pray. وَلَا صَلَّى وَلَكِنْ كَذَّبَ However, instead of confirming the truth, he thought all of it was a lie. He assumed it, he attributed it to be a lie. وَتَوَلَّى And he turned away. تَوَلَّى مِنْ مَا مِمَّا تَوَلَّى عَمَّا تَوَلَّى What did he turn away from? مِنَ الصَّلَاةِ كَذَّبَ يَتَعَلَّقْ بِصَدَّقَ خِلَافْ صَدَّقَ تَوَلَّى صَلَّى تَوَلَّى عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ He turned away from salat. He turned away from salat. Subhanallah. فَلَا صَدَّقَ وَلَكِنْ كَذَّبَ وَتَوَلَّى When you know, when we don't, when we think of Muslims today, yeah, they're Muslims. They just don't pray. You know, there are people in our family. They just don't pray. They're not into salat, and that's unfortunately most of our families have people that don't pray. 
the seriousness of that. If we just internalize the seriousness of that for ourselves and then them, then you won't get lazy in finding one way, then another way, then another way, then another way to remind. Without, you know, if one way didn't work, you'll find some other way, and you'll find some other way. Maybe they want, don't want to listen to me, they find me annoying. They think I'm condescending. They think I'm self-righteous. I'll find another way to remind them then. I'll find some other way to get the point. But they need to get this point. Because Allah equated accepting of the truth with salat. And walking away from salat with denying the truth. Calling it a lie, all a lie. A farce. وَلَكِنْ كَذَّبَ وَتَوَلَّى ثُمَّ ذَهَبَ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهِ يَتَمَطَّى Then he went to his family full of hope. And uh, you know, full of thoughts about himself. Like full of pride. And he had all these plans in his head. All these, you know, like I've accomplished something great. And he's going back to his family to share his accomplishments for the day. His great tragedies, he didn't pray. You know, we're missing a salat is like losing a family member. You know, that's the sadness a Muslim supposed to feel. Not like you and me, we wake up at like three hours after Fajr and we're like, oh, huh, there goes another one. I guess I'll just make it up. And even that, when we make it up, what do we make up? We know. We know what that looks like. You know? SubhanAllah. Awla laka fa'awla. Thumma awla laka fa'awla. Qarabaka ma yuhlikuk. Awla can mean closer, has come closer to you. Oh, and it's come so close. And then it's come close again. Oh, how close it has come. Four times over. Others say awla could be a curse. Yani Allah is cursing this person, then cursing him again, then cursing him again, then cursing him again. First time he curses him when he's alive, then he curses him when he's dying, then he curses him when he's being raised, then he's cursing him when he's going into hellfire. Awla laka fa'awla, thumma awla laka fa'awla. Ayahsabul insan an yutraka suda. The human being assumed that he's just going to be created, he's going to be left without, just, just completely ignored, without a purpose, muhmalan, fala yukallaf, wala yujazi, he's not going to be compensated, he's not going to be made responsible, he's just going to be left just like that. You know, there's two words in the Quran like that, abath and suda. Abath, purposeless. Suda, you're just left alone, do whatever you want. Do whatever, you're free to do whatever you want. Human beings think they're going to be left like that? Alam yaku nutfatan? What does he think he is? He just, if he wanted to leave someone alone, he could have been left as a fluid. No, wasn't he himself a dirty fluid, nutfa, min mani yumna, from a kind of fluid that is dropped into the womb of a, a mother? Thumma kana alaqatan, then he turned into a clot of flesh. Fakhalaqa, so then Allah created him. Fasawa and made him into this human being. Next time you see a drop of fluid, and imagine that I was this. Except the one I was is filthy and nobody wants to touch that. That's what I was. And he got created into a fully functional human being. And then he thinks he's just going to be left alone. So much work went into creating you. So much design, so much perfection. You know, so much articulate, you know, every fingertip. So much went into making you, you're just going to be left alone. Is that really how you think? You know, فَخَلَقَ فَسَوَّى فَجَعَلَ مِنْهُ الزَّوْجَيْنِ الذَّكَرَ وَالْأُنثَى And out of that fluid he created both male and female. So what is that saying at the end? Oh, you th- either one, don't think you're off the hook. Oh, that's for men. We're okay. No, you're not. You know, أَلَيْسَ ذَلِكَ بِقَادِرٍ Isn't that one then capable? عَلَىٰ أَنْ يُحْيِيَ الْمَوْتَىٰ To bring life to the dead? He's not capable to do that? بَلَىٰ إِنَّكَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ 
The Prophet would recite this and say, yes, of course he is. Of course you are, Ya, ya Rabb. I'm going to continue going, inshallah ta'ala. We're going to finish two surahs and then we'll take a break for salat.